Welcome to Tez Talks Radio with your host, Marissa True. This special edition episode was recorded during the Tezos Speaker Series at Paris Plus by Art Basel 2022. Enjoy. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, so we're going to start our next session, which is titled Permanent Art Collections in the Blockchain Age. Uh, my name is Marissa True, and I am joined by none other than Valerie Asson Benilouche, and you are the founder of Gallery Charlon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for the invitation. So for this one-on-one discussion, I want to venture across a variety of different subjects. Firstly, into your personal backstory, and then I'd like to talk a bit more about uh, what Gallery Charlot is doing within the blockchain space um, and some of the more recent developments. And then we want to stem into this notion of the role of permanent art collections in this space, because the notion of a permanent art collection is is quite a traditional one. So how it manifests in you know a Web3 world is arguably quite different. But before we get to that point, uh, like I said, we'll start from the very beginning. Um, can you first share a bit more about your personal journey first into the contemporary art world? Um, so I always really uh, uh, was interested in art since uh, I think I bought my first piece of art. I was 18, so it was not yesterday, but before. And uh, so it's something that uh, really happens to be an old passion. And uh, then I went to different kind of era, area, like design, photographies, and then I was also um, helping my clients. I was working in one, t- one time I was working in uh, interior design, and I was <clears throat> helping my clients to find different kind of artworks for their places. So I was going to the galleries and to the fair before opening my own galleries. And... Um, why I opened my galleries because <clears throat> when I was doing all this tour, trying to find different kind of artworks, I really discover all the digital artwork and I really enjoy it. I think it was so different from what I saw. It doesn't mean that I didn't like paintings and drawings and everything. I still love everything. But it was something that we haven't seen so much. And um, I think it was very interesting and it's always very interesting in the artwork to uh, to go on, not to, to be stable. So everyone knows what is drawings, what is sculpture, paintings, and some of them a little bit of videos. But then you have a lot of more because the artists, they always take new tools and play with it to create. And I think that was really the point, just to show what these artists are working on with the new tools. So my all story was my passion for art for a long time, then photographies, design, interior designers, and then my gallery, because I thought it was something normal to show something that you couldn't find in different galleries everywhere. So I opened this gallery about uh, Galerie Charlot in, um, uh, yeah, 12 years ago in Paris. And I was showing, first of all, I was mixing paintings and digital art because people didn't know at that time what was digital art. Something was like, what is digital art? It's not art. It's not material. It's something that you cannot touch. It's like a file or it's too abstract. So the people were coming from different artwork and collectors, very classical paintings, drawings. But they were kind of interested also because 
collection art collectors are always interested in what's happening around even if they don't buy they don't, they want to see they want to talk about it and sometimes it takes time to understand to like to know what you like so you have to initiate your eye to different kind of artwork and so they came to the gallery for the paintings but they discover one one by one, different artists, digital artists, like videos, like interaction, like generative artworks, like, um, uh, yeah, augmented reality and all this kind of uh, digital art. So in that way, Gallery Charlotte was, the motivation behind its creation was to bridge the conversation between different kinds of emerging artistic mediums and to show that there was a level of continuity between them mm -hmm. and to also, I guess educate people into how they can come to appreciate these new mediums because as you said I think a lot of digital art gets minimized or dismissed because of the format that it comes in i.e you know a jpeg or some file on a computer which is to dismiss you know the level of mm. the level of consideration and effort and intent behind its design so how have you stumbled across those conversations having launched Gallery Charlotte and how do you help to encourage people to understand a bit more about, you know, this very misunderstood yeah. realm of art. Yeah. Well, it took times <laughs> first uh, and patience. So um, it's, uh, you know, I think galleries, uh, we have also a role of education somehow. So I did a lot of um, presentation, explanation, and trying to uh, explain to the different people and collectors that, that was also as movie, as videos at, the, at that time. Or if you can really even compare when the, all the impressionism uh, movement in paintings were uh, accepted at that time, everyone was saying, wow, that's terrible. It's not paintings. You don't see anything. It's not real. It's not, you know. And suddenly now, I mean, everyone is just dying for it. So it takes time and you have to see many things. And of course, in those kind of artists, you have, I mean, good and bad. It's stupid. But the one who are going through times and develop. So, yeah, the conversation so, was not easy to, to find. How does that conversation differ between, you know, institutional partners that you work with versus a spectator at the gallery? How do you differentiate the conversation between someone who understands it on more of an industry level versus, you know, an individual mm -hmm. art appreciator? Well, I always present um, digital art as uh, like, like a painting, but in movement. So when I was, uh, I think the display is very important also. So it means that if you show something in a bad way, like with something not really qualitative, so you need a good screen, you can make a frame around the screen, the screen. So suddenly it happens to be like a paintings in movement. So you can live with it. And I remember this, uh, this collector, he was, he was a very classical collector with paintings and everything since a long time and he said to me well Valerie what do you think you think I'm gonna sit in front of my videos and look at it and and I I said to him do you sit in front of your paintings and look at it so you just live with it you know you, you just it's a painting in movement or it's a it's a still image it's a whatever but it's a part of your 
environment. So you just enjoy it. Sometimes you look at it, sometimes you don't, sometimes you forget. You can even turn it off. So it's, it's a different way of living with art. And this is something that you have to get used to it. And now he has like bench of artists, I mean, digital art. So it's very funny because finally he, he finds a way to live with, with it and to enjoy it. I think that's actually been a very per sorry, excuse me, pervasive theme across many of these discussions is how we best consume digital art because it is consumed differently to, you know, a painting on a wall or a photograph that's framed. But then one thing that's critical here is we have that sort of, I guess, hurdle. And then we bring in the blockchain dimension where it adds an additional layer because not only is it another way of consuming art, but also the style of art that exists on there is somewhat different. So how did Gallery Shallow first start to incorporate blockchain art into the gallery experience? And what was your first approach when you, you know, stumbled across it? Well, um, I have to say that uh, finally COVID was positive for this win, you know. <laughs> so uh, I had the time to look closer to what was NFT because the artists were asking me, well, Valerie, what, what about NFT? Because they are doing NFT. I mean, there are digital artists making digital artworks. And now, I mean, since two, three years for some of them, they begin to do NFT and they were asking, please, could you do something with NFT? It could be interesting, you know. It's not that we want to sell art indirect. It's just we want to sell a different kind of art and using different kind of tools. So you were talking about blockchain and everything. So this is very technology side. And I have to say that it's not my side, but it's the artist side. So what was your first impression when those conversations were first raised and you first glanced at blockchain and NFT technology? What did you think? Um, I think it was a chance, actually. I think it was a chance because uh, hopefully... Very, it's, it's very strange because when NFT with blockchain and all the system of certificate and everything appear, it brought up the digital art. I mean, the classical, we can say classical digital art. So it's really make the, the light on digital art, which was not NFT. So um, this is a posit positive way to, to look at it. And then, Blockchain bring different kind of um, of advantage. So you have the certificate, of course. You have uh, all this the historical part of the work of the NFT. So like who buy it, how much he buy it, and all the different contract. And what I think is very very important, and it's really a revolution. It's the artist has a percentage for the second market, which is not actually natural in the art market. So I think all this new technology brings a lot of new things and a new way of looking to art. But it doesn't mean that digital art disappeared. It's just a complementary. Because digital art, for example, we can say now the classical digital art, which is funny to say, But classical digital art, we have certificate. We have all the documentation for the artworks, how it works, how, we, how you can display on whatever. But um, you don't make, I mean, for example, if you buy NFT, you can share your NFT 
with everyone. You are the owner, but you can share with everyone. If you buy a digital piece of art, you have it at your place, but you don't really share it with everyone, just your friend, your, when you invite people. So it's a different way of enjoying sharing. And I don't say that it's, it's better. It's, it's just different. So it's really bring, it, it brought something very important. It's really a v- revolution in all kinds of sense. So then when it came to the curatorial process of sourcing not only digital artists, but now blockchain native artists, how did you approach that? Was the process similar? Was it different? Did you feel compelled to evaluate works in different ways? Um, it's exactly the same, I have to say. I just looked to the, the artists. When I began to, to open my gallery, I was trying to, so to find the artists, the digital artists. Most of the time they were doing festival. They were not in galleries. There were no galleries for digital art. I mean, at 12 years or 15 years ago. So <clears throat> I was going to different kind of festival, to different kind of, uh, exhibitions, but like underground exhibitions or, you know, this, uh, this kind of, um, places. And now, I mean, NFT or digital art of art, NFT art, it's, yeah, it's on the, it's on the different marketplace. You can, and you meet one artist and the other one. And which is very, um, encouraging is it's also creating a new community of art. And this community of NFT is something very strong. Because the people in the community, so you're part of community. You're part of this NFT community. So um, the people are el- helping each other all the time, um, trying to um, to say, well, this artist is really nice, look at it. And, you know, you, the links are very easy. And it's very interesting to see how people can be helpful to each other. Because somehow... I think we lost that a few years ago and we get it back with this uh, new system. And I really, really think it's uh, it's a very positive way to see art. So I guess in that sense, the, the blockchain arts or the digital blockchain digital art culture is a lot more collaborative, perhaps slightly less competitive because they understand that the playing field is relatively even or should be relatively even for every every artist to succeed in their own right. Yeah. So then in that, when you find these artists collaborating with one another and engaging with one another, do you find that there is any resistance to the idea of adopting blockchain technology or is there a very open attitude towards how they can harness it for their own work? Does the relationship go both ways? Well, it depends the artists. Some of, some of them are just really scared about uh, new technology and you know, they say, well, it's a crypto money, of course, it's not really stable. And, but I think they, you know, creators, they always interest in all kind of what's happening new. So I think they're very open in any kind of way. And also with this community system, they can find help to, um, um, yeah to mind their, their works and to mind it in a good way, in the best way. So, but in two or three years, I mean, it, the, 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 I mean, the development was 
incredible. I remember uh, two years or three years ago, it was very difficult to mind uh, generative artworks. It was not easy. And now everyone is is doing it. So, you know, in two, three years, it's... Um, so the artists are always interested and they help each other to to learn how to do it the best way. So you can kind of trust the culture of experimentation that underpins a lot of these artists' approach. Yeah. So then, again, coming back to uh, Gallery Charlot's role as an institutional player... How does this conversation map onto the institutional side of things and encouraging other galleries to perhaps, you know, foray into this space? And is there resistance on that side of things? Well, I think uh, the other galleries are just a little bit scared uh, as they were not really into digital art, you know. I'm in digital arts in so many years now, so it's uh, it was normal, it was my way, you know. NFT was uh, was there, so it was something that I had to find. Actually, the, the most difficult thing was to find the place of the gallery inside this new, uh, this new era, you know. It's just because, first of all, it was, well, now the artist doesn't need any more the galleries, Okay, some of them never need any galleries. It's it's okay. I mean, there's a place for everyone. And also it appears that some artists who are just in a corner of a world somewhere and they could never show their own work and they were a very good artist. I mean, this is something that happens to help them to show their work. And they didn't have any galleries, of course. So where was the place of the gallery? And that was something that I, it took me time to find the right place. And um, actually, I think the galleries has to help, of course, the artists, but also the collectors to understand what is the future, how they can go on with the collection, how they can enrich their own experiences and this is the role of the gallery because when you go to a very big marketplace I won't say any anyone but uh, you can see so many so many so many artworks it's difficult to choose you, you need time you need you need experience so as a gallery my role was more to create and to select like a pre-selection so it would be easier for the, the collectors to to go and to appreciate or say no I don't like I like you know it's 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 quicker and um, yeah so I guess the gallery continues to act as a bit of a filter between you know the mass sea of the artists that we have in this space yeah. and I think it's immensely encouraging to see the the volume of people who are participating and act as an expert lens upon which we can select, you know, mm. artists of quality or artists that are making a particular statement or, are, you know, releasing particularly groundbreaking works. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, we, we help, we try to help the selection. But also in that Gallery Charlot's own role is evolving over time because it has also developed an NFT marketplace. So mm -hmm. can you tell us a bit more about the motivation behind that? Well, um, <clears throat> I think when you begin, well, when I begin something, I really like to make it the full uh, possibility um, to be very professional. So the thing is, so I was 
talking about the role of the gallery. So the role of, of the gallery was to create, to to, uh, to curate, sorry, to curate this uh, this NFT art world and to present some different art that you couldn't find everywhere because otherwise it doesn't have any sense if you can find piece here and everywhere. I mean, so that's why I create this marketplace because I think it was um, it was a good idea to have a selection. And the um, um, the exclusivity of an artwork, so that's why I create this art marketplace, and we open on the 29th of uh, October. Uh, the, so just around yeah, the corner, the auctions will begin for yeah. So what actually went into its design to differentiate it from other NFT marketplaces that exist currently? Sorry, I didn't understand what you said. When you designed the marketplace, yeah. what did you factor in that would oh. help differentiate it from other marketplaces? What would encourage an artist to to sell their works on, mm. on Gallery Charlots? Mm. Well, um, the look of the marketplace, it, it was uh, we, we made it with a scheme and Paris, Paris uh, Premier, Premier Gallery. Um, <clears throat> so all this technician helps uh, to um, to create a very sober and very gallery way um, marketplace so it's very simple and um, so the selection the creation and they also have the artists also have a percentage on uh, the second market of course and uh, we uh, we have a small percentage for planet mer which is a, an association who defend all the sea and oceans everywhere in the world so it's it's a position, you know, and also we exhibit the work inside the gallery. So we make exhibitions with NFT and digital art because NFT is a part of the di digital art. So it's easy to to make a very nice exhibition if you have, I mean, if you are used to digital art. So we present at the gallery an exhibition with NFT and digital art selling in euro and tezos right so there's the the end-to-end -end element where someone who comes to experience the art can also consider purchasing it and so it takes it from i guess the the commercial opportunity for the artist is sort of built into the experience in that way yeah and as you said you the artwork is sold both in euros and in tez what was the rationale behind you know using tezos to build upon yeah, well, Tezos was one of uh, the first crypto who who just thought about uh, the uh, the word. So you know, so they were less energivore, which is something that decided a lot of artists also to choose uh, Tezos. And um, also, they don't ask so much money for minting, so which is also a respect for the artist who's trying to sell their own works. Um, so that was the two first thing. And then now really it's, uh, I mean, Tezos is the money for art. So anyway, so. And have you found that you are sourcing a lot of artists from Tezos ever since you began incorporating yourself into this community? Or are you trying to encourage artists that you encounter to consider Tezos to mint their work upon? Well, I have to say the both. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
as as we we were talking about, we have this community of uh, NFT. So as soon as you get into the uh, Tezos uh, community, then you have all the artists of Tezos who said, oh, you should see uh, this artist. He's a very good one. He has very nice things and he's in Tezos. So he's like like a bench of different people. So it's really interesting to see how it works. But also, um, I did some, uh, some event in February um, in, in virtual, I don't know if you heard about it. It was like a big event in virtual on the Ile Saint Louis, and it was only about NFT, and it was at that time not in Tezos. And now I try, I'm trying to bring the artist from this event who was not in Tezos into Tezos. So, and they're very, very happy about that. So, it's the both, really. I mean, artists are always open to to see what's happening around. So. So I guess in that it was a bit of a positive feedback loop where artists beget more artists yeah. because they see the community that thrives there. Yeah. And then as we were relating to much earlier in this conversation, there is that culture of experimentation. So it's always an attitude of, well, why not try that as well? Yeah. yeah. Always open. I mean, the artists are always searching. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a life of uh, search, research. So then how do you envision Gallery Charlotte's role on the blockchain as it goes into the future? Because obviously, you know, the creation of an NFT marketplace is the first step into this foray. So is there anything you've already got planned or what is your bigger picture vision for how you want to see Gallery Charlotte exist in this space? Well, I think it's it's really important for me to, uh, to say that um, the NFT art is really part of the digital arts. So the gallery would run into this idea of mixing different kind of uh, possibility to buy art. So you can buy in different crypto or different uh, money. And I don't, I don't really like when you make group, you know, like it's sectors. And I think it's more interesting to have a view of all bench of different kind of art so the gallery i would really say that i want i still want to have the possibility to mix everything as soon as it's still digital and something that goes on for the future and of course art is always um is always into researching and researching to go further in our idea our dreams art is something that we have i mean we live with because it's something that helps everyone so it could be in any kind maybe we have crypto today but maybe in 10 years we will have something else and we have to go on because it's something that helps us to go on and to dream and to to imagine and to share mm-hmm. so it's about being open to any possibility yeah. in whatever form yeah. that it takes no yeah. And so to take this conversation now to this idea of the role of permanent art collections within this space, because, I mean, that idea has only started to form in recent times. Uh, you know, the Tezos Foundation recently created its permanent art collection, which is yeah. curated by uh, Misan Haraman. So in your view, what is the role of having a permanent art collection exist in this digital space? Uh, it's a major role. <laughs> I have to say it's a major role. Um, you know, when I begin to, uh, open the gallery, it was very interesting because 
digital art was not really famous. And um, the first uh, collectors were the private collectors. It's always like that. It's the private people are more interested in new things. They take risk more than a foundation or more than institutions. So it's always very funny to see how the people, I mean, we have a very strong power and we don't know it. We have a very strong power as individual, personal people to make the word, the art word, go on. So it's very important that the personal people are buying and then the foundation see the people are buying. So they say, wow, that's interesting. And then the institution just wake up because all the people around wants to see different exhibitions. And I mean, they want to discover something new. So I think foundations, personal collectors and institutions, they should, their role is to, um, to, um, to bring something, everything new every day. So this is the role of those uh, institutions and foundations. So to summarize, it adds a layer of legitimacy, but it also provides some kind of historical archive for how this space is developing over time. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so then how is there a difference between how a permanent collection in the blockchain space with NFTs exists as, as compared to, you know, an, a traditional permanent art collection? Yeah. Well, um, as we, we say that uh, NFT brings something very different as you can share your collection. You can go everywhere. There's two points, very important. You can go everywhere with your collection. So if you travel around, you always have your collection with you. You can display on, you are in a hotel, you can display it on, uh, on the screen, you can display on your phone or in your tablets everywhere so which is something very important it's a different way to to live with your art because for example i mean you um if you are if you have a collection like a classical collection okay you have it on your wall in your place or in your office whatever which is really nice because you enjoy it every day you can share it with your friends but as soon as you go somewhere you move you go on holidays and whatever you don't share it I mean, it's something very personal. So NFT is something that you can go with. You you move with your collection and you share it with someone. So you are the owner, but you share it with everyone. So it's even a philosophical way to collect somehow. And it's it's very different. It's very new. Mm-hmm. And in that displaying this art is of critical importance because the way you display it frames how someone actively is able to consume it. So what are sort of the things, given your background and presenting so many digital works, needs to be considered importantly so that we can see this work in the best light possible? Like, you mean the way that we can, the best way to display it? Yes. Um, I think each work has a different way to be displayed. So... Some, I mean, most of the time it's the artist, of course, who propose and, you know, who think about how to display their own work because they really know and they imagine the work more on a screen or more like a still image or only on tablets or whatever. Or the both could be print, could be on the screen. So 
I think the artists are the best, uh, you know, judge to to know how it would be the best way to display it because there's so many different kind of way to display I mean even projection could be very interesting it could be very immersive so you have NFT artworks could be incredibly interesting in immersive way so it's more projection everywhere or I think each, each work is something different so we have to rest in the authority of the creator yeah. in how they want to present their work exactly. best and basically provide them with all the tools possible yeah. to make sure that that can yeah. happen. Yeah. Yeah. But then on this notion of, you know, authority, of course, with the idea of a permanent art collection, there is, you know, the expert curator, the role of the curator in the entire exercise. And because this is a fairly new realm, who do we grant that authority to? How do we make sure that we select the right curators to develop these collections? And, you know, do we think that curators of the traditional art world can easily convert their expertise into this space? Or do we need to start incorporating other voices into this process? I think it's, it's very, um, it's always very interesting to, um, to have different curators because you have different view. It's, it's, um, it's always nice to mix your ideas. When we talk to each other, we exchange ideas and which is very, I mean, important for the evolution. Our evolution is also to exchange. So I'm, I don't agree with you, but it's nice because you have a different point of view. And for creating, it's, it's exactly the same. So I have my test. And another creator has another test. It doesn't mean that it's not this bad and good. It's different and it's very interesting to mix all of that. And this is a point for uh, the marketplace of the Gallery Shallow. I would invite different creators to create on the marketplace different NFT artworks. Because it's very important for me not to have only my eyes. It's very important to have different kind of opinion test and experiences so diversity is absolutely integral to this process because again if we go back to this idea that permanent art collections act as a kind of historical archive of the evolution of this space over time as it relates to art then we need to ensure as many voices are represented as possible yeah it's uh, very important to have all voices everywhere and in the early stages of this world do you feel that we are doing a good job of that or do we need to actively encourage more diversity in this space? I think we need more diversity <laughs> in space. <laughs> it was a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> Always need to, to open our mind and eyes. So we have about uh, 10 minutes on the clock and I'd love to open up uh, the panel, uh, the panel, this one-on-one -on -one interview to the audience. If there are any questions that rest there. Yes, we've got one right in the front. Um, hi, I, my name is Such. I, 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 um, uh, you've taken a profoundly deep view into the digital art space, you know, not just NFT and all. And, and I'm wondering, yeah, one thing that I find amazing is there, especially as the NFT space is concerned, there is complete autonomy of the NFT space to exist outside of the traditional art space. And I think that has set up a unique opportunity to fundamentally challenge every single assumption you know about the about how 
the traditional art business has worked. Do you do you agree? Do you think that that it one you know it, is it uh, you know it, are we ripe for that kind of discussion? Like you mean it's um, you're talking about uh, the fact that the artists can exist by themselves. Well, so I'll give you an example. Yeah. You know, um, there's there there is let's say a belief that you know to be a an artist today, you need to have you need to have understood the history of art in the past, mm-hmm. right? I, I would I would say why? So what? Yeah. Right. So so but that's that's a very you know that's a very pronounced view. Let's say in the mm-hmm. traditional art world. I think it's totally irrelevant in the digital art world, right? So, I mean, that's just an example, but but those are the, you know, I think that I believe that we are ripe for that discussion, that every single basic assumption, every single foundational assumption that the traditional art world is sitting on is ripe to be challenged. I'm not saying they should all be discarded, right? But they should be re-examined, re-debated, and then re-adopted if they're relevant, and if they're not, they're not. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's it's very good. You know, every time you have this kind of evolution, um, it it makes you think, rethink how to manage, how to um, how to approach, and maybe also to clean up somehow. You know, so it's like it, it's true that uh, when NFT, for example, begins three years ago, it was like you had like. A, millions of things and now it's clearing up so it takes time but of course i mean it's the same for galleries and for artists and for everything any kind so yeah i think evolution is helping to uh, to see more clear and to um yeah to find different way of working and getting into art so to add to that i think it's a bit of a natural selection process where you know we have the level of awareness that we need to critically evaluate the the relevance of particular dimensions of the art world and whether we want to take them with us or whether it's worth discarding or even reshaping in a way that is more valuable to artists as they exist across different mediums so i think i think again when it comes to a disruptive technology like blockchain, it's not to replace old systems, but it's given us the opportunity to redesign them in a new way. Um, do we, yes, we have another question at the front. Um, thank you, Valérie, for coming and speaking a bit more about Galerie Charlot. Um, I'd love to ask you a little bit more now that you are launching your NFT platform as well. Um, if you imagine other use cases for NFTs and blockchain for maybe works that are not NFTs, or are you keeping it, even though you will do exhibitions of digital classic digital art with NFTs, have you also thought of maybe applying NFTs to these classical digital artworks for the sake of provenance and having it on the blockchain? And could we even extend that to maybe if you were to have physical objects that are paintings or sculptures in the gallery as well, could you even extend NFTs to those physical artworks for the sake of integrating the technology in your gallery um, more holistically. What are your thoughts on that? Um, yes, we, um, we are thinking about um, 
um, about link the immaterial with material. So some artists are doing that. I mean, I'm just presenting. I'm I'm an agent somehow. So really, again, the artists are creating something, piece of art, and they decide that this piece of art would be totally digital or digital plus print or sculpture. And that could be something uh, happening on the marketplace of the gallery. Yes, we... We, we have that for on the 29th. You will see, uh, some digital with physical artworks. I mean, to purchase. Yeah. So I think it goes in both directions. Yeah. yeah. And we have, would you like to add anything else? We have another question up in the front. Okay. So I'm, uh, Roger. I like the idea that the history of art is irrelevant to NFT art. Um, I'm looking out of the window at bronze and stone sculptures. NFT art will not be available 500 years from now. Does that matter? So part of an artist's hope is to transmit to future generations their work. There is no way that NFT art will be available in 500 years. Does that matter? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking, you know. Well, um, I have another vision, maybe, but um, yeah. Um, I think we have to live in, in the present, thinking about the future. Okay. But you still have this culture, the very old historical sculpture. But this is the point where all the evolution in arts appears. So the artist took, so this kind of sculpture, like historical sculpture, and they go on. And now we have NFT in sculpture. So it's something like it's a cheminement, you know, it's like a, a way. So maybe would not have, I mean, exist in 500 years. I don't know. But I, I still like and enjoy every moment to see this culture and to buy NFT. So. And to add to that, I think, oh, please, Anya, let's have a question. I feel like we're about to start off a discussion and I quite like it. <laughs> that was a really good point, Roger. And I was just thinking um, about artworks that exist in the present, but then don't continue. And as a performance artist and for most of history, there have been performances and moments that have happened that only existed for that moment and are not able to be brought into the future. So they were happening before there were video cameras, before there was documentation, you might have paintings of performances or drawings of something that happened. But I feel like NFTs aren't the beginning of artworks that cannot be carried into the future in their full form. Um, but it is an interesting point. And I am also a fan of anything handwritten and anything on paper feels romantic at this point. And so I like the idea of also NFTs being tied to physical objects that might have a longer lifespan than formats that are going to be irrelevant in 10 years. Yeah. Would anyone else like to add perspective to this? Yes, Deja. Um, we have another one at the front. Uh, continuing this. Um, also, physical memory as part of decentralization as well. So we 
think of the blockchain and storing uh, tokens and immutability, um, but it's only immutable for so long as we have these servers that have uh, that are required to be um, uh, physically, um, you know, tied together with electricity. Uh, but then we think about choreography and passing on choreography, you know, through um, through storytelling, through um, teaching, um, you know, body movements, and of course, you know, this changes as it's passed on every time, it changes a little bit. But, um, you know, arguably, you could say that the that this way of storing um, uh, artworks in the physical memory and passing them on uh, might last a little bit longer. NFTs are a full one, I like that idea. <laughs> and that's great. Yeah. So, um, I... I believe it's a really interesting uh, question to look at the perma the question of permanence because uh, I have seen so many amazing works of art at the Art Basel Fair, which, uh, by the nature of their medium, are do not give themselves well to archival, and um, I think with uh, with digital art and uh, and even like the the act of uh, of nfts because they are like a log of transactions i think what comes into really in, into play is is the idea of archival which was always an important part of of the art world um and uh it like the the, the question of which, what will be selected by the, the present and by the future to be archived and to be reproduced in new forms uh, with digital mediums that the digital data can of course be reproduced and and kept up but one needs to keep putting effort into that as time moves on it's very fascinating I think it's uh, very important not to forget that art is is emotions, it's uh, it's experiences, it's memories. So sometimes it's not a problem if it's not natural and you don't keep it as a object, but just as a thought and feelings. And I think there's also one final distinction, which is that the art can exist separate from the NFT that underpins it, and the NFT exactly as a historical record of this piece, whether it comes to provenance, whether it comes to transaction history, the way we consume and the, what we feel about the art isn't bound to the technology. That is actually a separate dimension. It's a component, but it is not the piece in its entirety. Yeah. It's, a, it's a tool. It's just well, a tool. I mean, that was a fantastic discussion. I'm very, very happy that all of you so actively participated. And Valerie, thank you so much for all of your perspectives. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for you.